To perceive is to suffer. Aristotle. Hello, my fellow Stoics, and thank you for joining today's episode on the Stoic Sage podcast. I'm joined today by David, who is the owner of David's Life Coaching. He's a professional life and professional development coach. So, David, thank you for joining today's episode. Thanks for having me. The name of my business is actually Dying to Live. Oh, Dying to Live. That's a pretty stoic phrase, right? Oh, that is a very stoic phrase. Awesome. So what made you want to get started on uh, on on this journey of, of becoming a life coach for people? My life was pretty hard growing up, and I encountered a lot of just like mental difficulties, emotional difficulties, um, especially like starting when I was 18. Everything kind of crashed down on me from my earlier life, and uh, I got pretty bad. And uh, so I kind of found psychology as a way to bring reason to what I was going through and uh, what, what, what had been happening between me and my family members and why things were a little bit the way they were. And, uh, and it really helped. So through a lot of study and a lot of suffering, I uh, got good at, uh, at uh, providing this kind of support for others. And, uh, and it's pretty useful. So, so uh, that's how I got into it. That, that is amazing. The suffering aspect uh, of, your, of everybody's journey to finding their, their own purpose is, is a big part of, um, yeah. of, of your, your journey. And, you know, and something that I always reiterate on the podcast as well is, is that suffering builds character, you know, and, and, yeah. and <laughs> suffering is somewhat necessary to build a, a resilient life, you know, but, but yes. it's also important for the, the introspection of oneself first, you know? Yes, definitely. And it'll build more character than you, than you wish you would have to build. Mm-hmm. We just got to find that purpose of why, it is that it is happening, you know, and, and, and yeah. if you want to change it, then, you know, you are more than welcome in, uh, in your own life, you know, to, you, you have the power to change it. Right. And it's mm-hmm. uh, uh, especially if you want to become a better person. And, and I think that that kind of brings us into the topic of today's discussion, mm-hmm. you know, which is the, the concept of being and becoming. That's uh, something that uh, I always practice with myself and I try to teach others mm. that you are both who you are now but also becoming who you are in in the near future yeah so uh, can you explain in your words your concept of being and, and becoming in the context of personal development and self-improvement yeah of, of course it's a very broad topic what you said reminds me of what Heraclitus said you never step into the same river twice. Like you are a, a river. Um, it's always changing. Like the target is always moving, both on being and becoming, because you are a changing being. It's like you, you don't have a full idea of who you are. I think the first step of being is gaining some self-understanding, some self-knowledge, and, and then hopefully you can accept uh, what you find. And 
being would be like the that journey of aligning yourself like your awareness with the person that you find uh, through introspection or self-reflection or or through your interaction with reality like introspection being an interaction with the reality of your inner world you you find that someone is there right or or interaction with the outer world you find you know you feel certain ways about certain things you like certain things you don't like certain things and and you don't really decide you know i don't decide that i like to sing i just like it i don't de- i don't even decide on a simpler level i don't decide like that i live in a body and that it needs exercise and food like but i have to align myself with these things and and i would say like that's the process of um being yeah you have to really em- embrace the difference between you know what you're kind of forced to be externally versus mm-hmm. what you are internally yeah yeah and that's a constant dialogue you have to be comfortable with with, with who you are you know and, and i think that a lot of people are uh, it, it can be scary you know so yeah we, we all know that there's some there's friends out there that uh you can tell that, that they're afraid to get uh deep with themselves you know yeah. and especially when it comes to developing friendships you know I, I think as of recently friendships and the con and and developing those friendships has been uh, somewhat of a difficult process especially amongst men uh, I've always told myself this since learning about it from uh, actually my, my girlfriend it was the first one that, that told me this and then I kind of do a little more research on it but you can only develop deep friendships uh, they can only go as deep as you are deep with yourself mm-hmm you know, mm-hmm. and and have have you experienced that? Uh, you know, coaching men or 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 um, amongst just people in general, do you kind of find that similar concept um, when, when you're yes. coaching? People? Yes, I, I agree a hundred percent. Especially among men, maybe we're biased because we're both men, <laughs> but, <Sure. laughs> uh, but especially amongst men, there it, it seems like there is a lack of. Uh, there's really a lack of like moral guidance. Like we'd rather be focusing on social capital and becoming the fittest person ever instead of like brotherhood and camaraderie and lifting one another up. I can think of friends who um, are afraid of getting deeper into themselves and, and that limits the friendship in some ways. The, the, the idea of finding contentment with, with here and now. Mm. Right. I think that that's where being is the idea of mm. from being and becoming, you have to accept the being part of you, finding mm. contentment in the here and now. And and, you know, as it relates to friendships or, or even just personal development, which impacts uh, friendships, you, you have to be content with, with where you are right now. I think yes. I see online a lot, especially on social, social media, kind of pandered mainly towards men. And, and you see men gobbling it up a little bit more. But it's the um, um, something about being never satisfied. Yes, yes. You know? And, <laughs> and uh, that type of thing, like I understand it in a way because mm-hmm. it, it does help in a way the psyche kind of think, oh, okay, I'm happy with where I am, but I'm never, but you should be never satisfied because you always want more. You want the best. You want to keep improving. But I think that people forget the contentment part of being you have to be content with where you are the journey that you took previously to get you to where you are now 
And you have to be happy with that moment. So, so you can develop a very important uh, emotion with yourself, which is, yes. which is gratitude, in my opinion. You, you, you have to be uh, grateful. Yes. You remind me of David Goggins. His, uh, his catchphrase is stay hard. And his whole persona is about relentlessly pushing just pushing, pushing, like never settle, mm -hmm. never accept yourself for where you are, who you are. And I understand it too. But what's interesting is, <clears throat> sorry, I read his book uh, recently, um, You Can't Hurt, or sorry, Just Can't Hurt Me. And he, towards the end of the book, he has this moment of realization with himself, where he says that Basically, the reason he's been pushing himself so hard is because he hates himself. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of this material. It's like, don't be happy with who you are. Hate yourself. So it's like, it's a kind of a double-sided coin. It tells men, especially like, hate yourself for the mediocre life that you have and the mediocre person you are. Hate that person and that will drive you to self-improvement. And on the other side, it appeals to the people who do have self-hatred. Mm -hmm. And it says, yes, your self-hatred is justified. It's not some random thing. It's you want to be the best person ever. And you're not that person. That's why you hate yourself. Use that as fuel to become mm -hmm. the best person ever. And the, I, I agree 100%. The, the like contentment, contentment is completely lost. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite psychologists pointed out that like in in earlier periods in history and, and i'm not talking far back like stability is what we were looking for like just having a job or having a relationship having friendships having a home or something like this and stability is like somehow not satisfying to us anymore we're looking for endless endless improvement endless like more 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 and it, and it's a uh, you, you can't have that. It's it's not realistic. And so mm -hmm. it makes sense that it, it creates a kind of inner uh, dissonance. Yeah. And it's also creates a vicious cycle mm -hmm. uh, of, of continuing to hate yourself, you know, and but but when you have that inner dialogue of being specifically hating who you are today, what kind of future can you even hope? to create <laughs> when you can't even enjoy the present moment yeah you know? good point there there's this idea of uh you know these um we, we typically see it it's the darker side of what people want which is amongst men it's about like oh i want to be a millionaire or or i want um to have this sort of lifestyle that's extravagant you know oh and they, they also mentioned for my lady for my family but but we we've kind of flip the coin on that or like saw the other side of the coin amongst the people who actually live that lifestyle. And I'm actually quite happy that social media has invited that conversation amongst those people, mm. because now you're seeing the darker side of what it takes or the consequences of taking that road. And I think I, I saw a couple of videos online of like billionaires or just millionaires um, and, and people who have made great strides to getting all that they want um, they've kind of always said, like, I'm actually happy that I got all of this, but the fact that I didn't 
focus on developing the relationship with with my person, with my family, mm. none of this is worth it anymore. Mm. I, if I can go back and change it, I really would. Yes, I have all the money in the world, but I have nobody to spend it with anymore. Yes, yeah. I have this this type of lifestyle that I love, but now the people that I want it with do not want to be with me because yeah. I didn't foster anything. And, and it has to do with, I think, because they could not be content with who they were in those moments. Yes, yes. Yes, you're on that journey. Congratulations. Good for you. But take a pause. Be grateful with what it took to get you to that moment in time and spread that gratitude. Use that gratitude to develop your relationships, to yes, to mend bonds or create deeper bonds. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, you're talking about connection. Mm -hmm. And this is a modern conundrum because there is the least like the least frequent and least available spontaneous human connection maybe ever in human history and so to see a billionaire say like i'm glad i got all of this product productivity stuff but what i'm missing is connection this is very uh like sobering maybe especially to young men who believe that like just being uber productive is the answer because now it's like, oh, is the answer connection? Well, how do I get connected with people anyway? Everybody's just in their rooms living the most convenient life ever. Like then how am I supposed to, you know, mm -hmm. ground myself? Yeah, I, I guess that is where we kind of come in, right? Like there's the the becoming part, the the concept of becoming. I try to focus on helping people you know, on, on the being part, which is um, enjoying the present moment as a mm -hmm. stoic, you know, being content, being happy. There's a there's a part of your brain that obviously wants more. But you also have to remember, let me take a pause every now and again. Let that drive me. Sure. But mm -hmm. I have to be happy on this journey. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the concept of the becoming part is equally important as as the being part. So how would you describe you know, your process, your, your concept of the becoming part of being and becoming? Well, it's, it's predicated on being. <clears throat> you can't become if you haven't been, mm -hmm. meaning that like any true growth that you could ever get your hands on is going to be a part of like true being meaning like your potential is a part of yourself. Like mm -hmm. you only have your potential. You don't have other people's potential. So in order to access your potential more, you have to fall into yourself more. So that's the being part first. And then becoming is gaining access to that potential and kind of uh, also you have to have some acceptance for who you, first who you are, on a, on a realistic note and your strengths and weaknesses, your limitations. And then based on that, like based on those being type of things, gaining a realistic appreciation for who you could become and having some acceptance for who you are and, and who you might realistically become. And, and, and the reason I say like acceptance and realistic is because it's just too easy to like try to live the life of someone else. 
and and that's not really being or becoming that's um escaping and distracting and and it's a very uh it's like a dark but tantalizing road i couldn't have said that better myself i mean that that is in 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 stoic philosophy there there's the the two types of goals that uh, the stoics say you should never um try to follow Hmm. Uh, one of them i I believe is um the ones where they are unrealistic for you Hmm. to 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 actually accomplish and the next one is the ones that you would regret if you did actually accomplish them wow so those are the two types of goals that as a stoic we are always looking at ourselves and, and i do think that we we kind of don't really realize hey we probably sh- should really think about what it is that that we're trying to aspire to because you know everybody wants to become the next millionaire you know mm. but, but for example um one can i feasibly accomplish it you know and mm. and, and it really sucks i understand that it can suck to or be you know be personally disappointing to say to yourself that i may not be able to get that one day and and you know in some ways that's okay you know you can potentially set the stage instead you know set the goal a little bit different you could set the stage for your children to become that you know you yeah. can be that catalyst for them instead but you shouldn't have to become so disappointed and distraught in yourself just because you can't get something you have to critically think about yourself and sit and actually think about what is feasible yes is this feasible within my lifetime you know but live it the best way that daniel can live it the best way that david can live it you know like what is that portion and then there's that will you regret it if you actually accomplish it and this could be done in like the, the the smallest ways but also in the bigger ways which is you know when we review the videos of the millionaires being like yeah i'm great i'm happy that i did this but now i regret it you know and and we're also seeing the uh, other types of influencers or or small businesses that were created that from people who wanted to escape the nine to five. So I, I do notice that there's like this disdain against it. Yeah. Um, but it offers security in a lot of ways, but and um, amongst other things, but uh, it, it, it's a common, uh, it's made in a funny way where like, Oh, I'm trying to escape the nine to five. Congratulations. Now I'm working 16 hours a day on my personal. Business. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like good for you that, that, that you got that. Yes. What did you think about that? Yes. Now, now do you regret that goal? <laughs> yes. But introduce the the passive income um, obsession. Mm-hmm. How can you generate six figures a year without really doing anything? <laughs> so they have a solution for that as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's all part of the becoming part. You know, it's, it's deciding, you know, who can I feasibly become? within the parameters of, of my personal life and the journey that I have already been on that, that being part, what, what from those pieces can I keep building off of? And whose journey am I following? Am I actually following my journey or am I following somebody else's idea of of what is a worthy journey? Yes. I think part of the obstacle with, 
the things we're talking about and the, some of the things especially you've just mentioned is this is a various uh, sorry this is a very serious like accounting who am i and who could i feasibly become and what's realistic and it's and it's also very humble and this goes back to the kind of okay if life isn't about being a millionaire i guess life is just about like getting connected here to me and here to my relationships and and that's very humble but it's also like the whole concept of being and becoming it's so serious like who am i in the world actually like i'm not just this like third party observer i'm not just some like virtual i'm not a simulation of a like i actually am a person in the world who am i being and who am i becoming and i think there is a a very powerful um aversion like to reality itself like as a whole we we don't really like reality nowadays like modern modern living is very um there's definitely like an element of depression about like the state of the world right now and so to to take this seriously it really is like such a it's asking yourself such a big question like it's time to get real even though the world stinks and i don't want to be real for it like i don't want to work a nine to five because what am i even working for like society stinks i don't want to be a part of it mm -hmm. no i i totally agree with that you know that there is this um over underlying feeling of depression and, and disappointment that's kind of circling we, we kind of see that in the internet and I, I also do have to remind myself every now and again that the internet is a is a cross section <laughs> cross section of another cross section of what yeah. reality actually is. Yeah. Of course, if you spend a couple of hours, you know, on the internet, you, of course, it's going to become very depressing. Not not just because yeah. of what you're seeing out there, but also because the brain has a very funny way of comparing. You yeah. know, you're comparing what people curate for the internet versus what is really happening yes and, and the algorithms and have a really tricky way of only boosting those things of which you don't have things that you would like yes. to have and then it kind of creates a vicious cycle you know i think that goes into in, in stoic philosophy we kind of distinguish those things that are outside of our control and those things that are within our control you know and and when it comes to being becoming and we're using social media and, and, and we're trying to identify who is it that I am and who is it that I want to become? Am I actually becoming who I want to be? Uh, and also, you know, it's such a broad topic. It's also identifying what is within the bounds of my own reality. What can I feasibly do? Taking all of that together, we kind of, you know, will then be able to begin to fully accept the you know the suckiness of of the mm. state of the world right now mm. that type of stuff is completely outside of my control you know i i individually can't control the economy and the way that uh, that that it shifts and that it moves so those are things that i have to accept so mm. what can i do within the bounds of 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 that reality mm. you know and 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 it allows you to kind of focus more on what it is that you can feasibly do and and develop within yourself and it kind of makes you think about what is actually important you know yes 
Well, let me ask you on the on the topic of well on the topic of all of this. This is like quite serious work. Uh, I know from my own experience, just just developing as a human being is if you want to take it seriously at all, which you should. Um, it's it's a lot of work. It gets very hard and emotions and sometimes you don't sleep well and things happen and um but also playing a role in the world obviously requires some sort of work and my kind of perspective is that uh, without a kind of social body that you feel connected to a lot of motivation is lost because it becomes about who am i doing any of this for like even who am I doing self-improvement for? Like just me, 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 which is a lot of what we're seeing. Or is it like, who am I doing all of this outside work for? Like, am I doing it for attention? Am I doing it for money? It, we're really missing that kind of like social cohesion. Like, no, I'm doing this for the world and I'm doing this for a better person so I can be better for the world. It's like there's a, a kind of lost concept that we actually do like belong to a world. And, and, you know, that lost concept is resolved through greater connection. But again, that, that's, that's its own kind of difficult topic. So the question I'm getting to is like, from a stoic perspective, what's like the, what is the motivation behind this effort of making yourself a better person? And, and what's the motivation behind showing up to the world as a better person? Is it contributing to society or, or what? That's a great question. And the, the easiest way or the, the, the most summed up way that, that, that I could um, answer that is the stoic philosophy enables the individual to focus on developing their virtue. Hmm. The, the, the whole ideal stoic is a virtuous stoic. And, and our cardinal virtues are, are that of four you know, wisdom, courage, temperance, and, and um, justice. Mm. And, and within all of those that they all can interact with one another, but that helps us become the best version of ourselves. Mm. It calls, it forces us to call forth the best version of ourselves. Mm. And we also understand that we are people of the universe. You know, we, we are all interlinked together by a web of cause and effect that I cannot make good of the world without me inputting some good in the world mm. because we, we all impact each other in some way, even in the smallest ways, you know, we kind of, we kind of see it in, in movies or like, you know, science fiction stuff where like, like the butterfly effect, you know, is something you can call to, right. Where if uh, you change something in the past, it can, really impact the way that the future was and that was one person mm. now imagine if we all kind of got together and realized hey i need to focus on becoming a better version of myself for those around me too mm. we begin to realize that if all of those interactions social uh career wise um community wise if you really focused on your own person and being calling forth the best version of that person you begin to realize that I am a person of the universe and I can make great impact for my relationships, 
for my community, for my company, because, you know, there are things we have to accept. We have to accept that in order to make this world work, we have to be the good within that functioning system. Mm. However, it's functioning. You at least have to be the good in it. Mm. And I, that that's the part that you have to accept as a stoic, even if, you know, oh, corporate greed is is going all over the place. It's 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 on the highs and uh, and and the people are are being beaten down. OK, and that's a very intense reality, mm. you know, and we can ex- and, and we can understand the consequences of, of what other people have made. But now that I have realized that, what can I do? I still have to be the best version of myself. The best version of myself is not is not a angry, disappointed, uh, ruthless person. No, mm. that's not who I am. That's not part of justice. Again, because I'm calling forth my most virtuous self. So I have to remember that I have to be just with how I interact with the world. I have to moderate myself, which is temperance. I have to moderate my own behavior with how I interact with the world. I have to be wise in the sense of I have to have great understanding of what was in order to interact with what can be and, mm. and interact with that. And then I have to be courageous. I have to understand that that it's difficult to take that first step mm. in ex- true acceptance. But I'm being courageous by doing that and calling forth the still calling forth the best version of myself. Mm. So that's that's, you know. Nutshell, being virtuous is is how we should be living our lives as Stoics and then the broader examples of it. It's fantastic. <clears throat> courage is such a courage is such a big thing. You you do have to recognize that you are being courageous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people people forget that that calling yourself out is a courageous act you know it's uh because because courage is not bravery you know bravery is a little bit different C- courage involves wisdom and it, it involves and um when to act it's a it's a calculated act it's a calculated act for yourself and for those around you mm. you know you're you're a brave person running up to a bear and screaming at it <laughs> but <laughs> true but you're a courageous person by guiding people that you're with around the bear. You know, you are the wow. one guy. You are the one that's helping them. You are being the, the guard between, you know, you and the bear. Sure. That is courageous, but that's not brave. But the other is not uh, courageous. What would you say about, what would you say to people who, are interested in stoicism are are studying it to some extent um what would you tell them about hold on what would you tell people who study stoicism who might use it as a justification either to isolate themselves right because they're supposed to be stoic which means that keep to yourself so nothing ruins your stoic mood that's it that's the question well, that is it, it's an interesting topic in of itself because 
I do see, and that's actually a big reason why I wanted to practice stoicism and more importantly, wanted to start this podcast too, because I've seen this rise of toxicity when it comes to using stoicism. Mm. These, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are misguided with, with stoicism. We, we forget that in stoicism, you are many things, but before, but before you are many things, you are one simple thing. And that is human. And, mm. and you have to accept that portion of yourself first before you are man, before you are woman, you are human first. So a human has emotions. A mm. human does require connection. Mm. You know, a, a human has basic needs. So when you accept those things first, only then can you apply the, the virtuous side of things, the, the, the stoic side of the philosophy. Life is going to happen to you, you know, and yes, it's a stoic endeavor to um, to have an appropriate amount of emotional suppression. And, and the only reason why I say appropriate is because um, an appropriate I- idea of suppressing your emotions is when you're in times of crisis, you know, like, OK, remain stoic. You can. You can have those emotional reactions, but you can choose your reaction in that moment. Mm. And if it's not needed, if or if it's a if it's wiser to not freak out, but kind of suppress it a little bit. And hey, I need to be clear minded right now because we're in a crisis. That is a more stoic approach. That doesn't mean that you don't have those emotions. Mm. That, that doesn't mean that you are not hurt. That doesn't mean any of that. You know what I mean? And and by all means, you should not all as well isolate yourself to actually prevent those emotions you 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 should actually as a stoic um practice every single day putting yourself through through some level of discomfort as far as those things that would otherwise make you react that way so you can practice becoming a more stoic person yep do it first you know yes a hundred percent i agree it you're not very stoic or you don't have much self-mastery if you just suppress everything and isolate yourself in fact like the like probably the goal correct me if i'm wrong is to like become connected with yourself enough so that the emotion you feel your own emotions so clearly so like they are so clear to you what's happening so that there's nothing like hidden, leftover, lurking, um, that will like uh, decide your behavior for you. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. You know, because your your behavior is within your control. Mm. And we forget that a lot sometimes, you know, that, oh, this person said this and it made me get mad. It's like, no, 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 no. You chose to get mad. Mm. He caused a reaction in you. But you still chose to have an outward reaction towards that person. Yes, you acted on it. Exactly. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have those emotions. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to feel disrespected. But you also have to remember that you are the one in control, not that person. There's there's a famous uh, stoic quote, which is, you know, that person who can control your reactions becomes your master. Yeah. And. That's a huge part of, of stoicism. It's it's realizing that I have to practice self-reflection and self-awareness. And I have to remember that I am in the one in control. 
So it, it's sometimes a, um, it's a difficult task, you know, yes. when you're, you're getting into stoicism because, you know, when I first started, there was a lot of inaction, <laughs> you know, because I, I sat there trying to rationalize my actions to begin with. But I think that's, for me, at least that was a first step. But I imagine it's a, it's a very normal first step for a lot of people to ex- fully accept stoicism in their life. And a lot of it is going to start with inaction because you are really being critical with who you are. Mm. And that is the, the, the being part of who you are mm. to focus on who you want to become. Mm. But, but you first have to be aware of who you are fully, not just aware of who you were, but in those very split second moments of like everyday life, you have to be aware of who you are. And, and you know, we practice journaling a lot of times, um, but also just self-reflection at the end of the day, take 10 minutes to yourself. What did I do today that I wasn't proud of? Mm. What did I do today that I was proud of? And how could I have reacted, you know, and we do a lot of uh, uh, training, physical training, right? But we don't do a lot of mental training. Mm. And I think uh, that pe- the people can benefit from that stoic practice because that's what we do as stoics. We put ourselves through uh, voluntary emotional and mental discomfort as well. Mm. When, when we recognize that, for example, if I'm an impatient person, when I go to the grocery store and that calls forth my worst self because then i'm getting a little you know stink eye with people and mm-hmm. then i'm getting a little angry with others and i'm, I'm getting quick with the cashier you got to recognize that hey that's who i have chose to become but i don't like that anymore i want to become a more virtuous person mm. if i know that i get that way in the grocery store how about i decide instead that i'm going to voluntarily go in and mentally practice for myself. Mm. I'm going to go in and I'm going to choose the longest line. I'm going to choose first the busiest day to go to the grocery store. And then when I'm done, I'm going to choose to go in the longest line to really push myself. And the whole entire time, I'm going to sit there and control and reflect and be aware of who I am and choose who I want to become. Mm. And people don't really you know, realize that it's a daily effort. Yes, I understand. And and that's the, it is a marathon, right? Not a sprint. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the part of the difficult part is someone might find that if they challenge themselves, for example, to go to the grocery store at the busiest time, they stand in the longest line. If they, if they really pay attention to the challenge, they might perform better than they expected, like simply because they're paying attention now and making the conscious decisions. But then it is like it, it, it shines a light maybe that you <clears throat> might not want to see, which is like, wow, I'm actually capable of being much better than I am, which shines poorly upon who have who I have been being like unconsciously when I'm not making decisions. And it shines a kind of intimidating light on like, I'm, wow, I'm going to do this every day or like I'm going to show up this way like all the time. Like, what's this going to do to me in terms of especially vulnerability. Like if I really show up as my best self all the time, I'm really like being me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be me because that's scary. I don't want to be me in this world because this world is, you know, there's a lot of meaninglessness everywhere. I'd rather hide. I'd rather, I'd rather kind of be on autopilot. So a lot of what I'm hearing is like, 
becoming aware and and using your free will and and being more conscious and and these are intimidating like human journey um aspects yeah oh yeah it's and like you said it's a marathon not a sprint you know and and that kind of self-awareness um within your daily life it sort of opens up that that door of being in the present moment consistently you know because we're all wrapped up in our heads a lot of times you know Mm. especially from what we've seen throughout the day especially with those things that really are not in our control and when we're constantly thinking about that stuff now that put me in a bad mood and now i'm in a bad mood going to do this my mind's not really in that present moment yeah it kind of becomes a vicious cycle you know and and doing this practice forces you to be in the present moment that hey i can call forth the best version of myself you know what i didn't realize how bright uh the bananas are today Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it makes you a good example things you know (laughs) then how would you how would you how would you advise uh uh, a learning stoic on like because this is easily appropriated like you know so many of these things are so easily appropriated or misappropriated like the idea of voluntarily putting yourself through mental or emotional discomfort. It's like, okay, I'm just going to like completely throw myself to the wolves. Like, how would you navigate that? Because like, that's not usually going to be very productive. There's like a limit of how much discomfort you will actually process. Like it'll actually be useful for you. You're not going to you know, find the answer to life by just being uncomfortable all of the time. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely limits to it. There's the, you know, moderation part of your part of the being virtuous and, hmm. and being just hmm. with yourself. Maybe you shouldn't be maybe it's unjust to be putting yourself through that much discomfort. So it's yes. constantly using your virtues against your own journey as well. You know, like, am I yeah. doing too like, um, I know that physical health is very important, but should I be working out two hours a day? Like, probably not. You know, that's probably not the best direction to go in just yet. I think being just with yourself and moderating yourself is is equal is a uh, equally important. So I, I think it has to do with when it comes to voluntarily putting yourself through discomfort. It's understanding that. I am doing this to become the best version of myself. But you also have to realize that these are just little training moments. You mm. know? And mm. you shouldn't um, try to do it all the time. But then, on the other hand, the more that you do do it, you'll begin to realize that life becomes a little bit more blissful. You know, mm. because you'd be surprised to know just how many times you actually need to do those types of things to actually remember it the next mm. time. Mm. So it's the, it's that, Oh, I, I already have been through that. This is my philosophy. This is what I've been training for. So then when you're in a rush and you're not really thinking about voluntary discomfort, Oh man, it's actually busy. Yes. You're actually kind of okay with going in and maybe being a little speedy maybe you're not entirely aware of how you're reacting and whatnot but the fact that you had already done it a few times your your mind kind of created new grooves for you to act within or 
you know, if you've done it already a few times when it's busy, those are tools and techniques that you already call back to. Yes. Immediately. You know, it, it, it's kind of a, you do it just a few times for it to become your new you. You have now become somebody new. Yes. Because you fully embodied that philosophy. Yes. I do think in order to hold on to <clears throat> these improvements, we do need relationships in our lives where they are applicable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, well, this is my own experience, like I can't do everything that I need to do. Like I need to be aligned with myself to some extent and I need to be becoming to some extent in order to experience psychological well-being. I'm not going to be able to do this like by myself. I'm going to just lose the point because it's not really it's not really functional. It's not having any use. And I think that that's a big part of this like finding relationships or or bringing these types of bringing the conversation here in the relationships one already has so that there can be some mutual support about how serious we're trying to take life because life might be a pretty serious thing, you know. Sometimes. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, and we have to realize that we are social creatures. You know, first and foremost, we would not be here if it weren't for our, our early ancestors being sociable, you mm-hmm. know, so, so we have to accept that that part of our life. And, and if we are generally not very social as an individual, we have to remember that, hey, that's a, that's also a skill. You, you can improve that. If you feel like you're not that great or you feel that you're timid or you feel that you're um, not that open with people, you feel discomfort. Mm. In that moment, you know, you kind of accept your, that, that, that you're self-aware that you are a timid person. That's maybe not who you want to be or, or, or you feel like, hey, I can call forth a better person. Yes, I, I, I can be more sociable. So then you kind of think of, you know, if, you, if you're trying to apply the stoic philosophy, you could be like, well, that makes me uncomfortable putting myself out there. Well, then that's when you should put yourself out there. Mm. But voluntarily, you know, it makes you discomfort, uh, uncomfortable, then you know what, maybe do that one thing that would make you uncomfortable. So you mm. can get used to it a little bit. So you mm. can understand how can I be the best version of myself doing that thing though? And over time you yes. kind of begin to realize, Oh, this is, this is a skill. And I just needed to flex it a little bit because maybe I've been hiding away for a little too long. I mean, mm. I, I've definitely encountered that, you know, I think we've all encountered that during COVID too. So mm. <laughs> I think we mm. all lost that social, um, that social muscle a little bit. <laughs> so. Yes, definitely. And all of the division we're seeing, and and some of our kind of own wounds as well. Yeah. I, I think like one of the most important aspects of this journey would be a like a relatively pro-social attitude. Like you actually like other human beings and 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 the potential of interacting with them, whether it's small talk or or long term. I think that's very lost on us nowadays. But it comes from taking being able to take an honest pro-social attitude towards yourself like you actually like the human being that you are and you're interested in the like the way things interact with you and what happens when you interact with things and and it is kind of about cleaning up your inner space 
and 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 having a just attitude towards yourself that that would ever enable you to to have a just attitude uh, towards others. Exactly. That's that's exactly the the, the point of, of being an accepting social, you know, um, social connection. You know, because you have to realize that sometimes you don't like yourself. You know, and mm. or like the certain things about yourself. And and when you realize that, oh, I'm I'm human. Firstly, I'm yes. therefore I'm not going to like some things about myself. I'm I'm going to be a jerk in these moments, and I'm going to be completely nice in these moments. You know, yeah. we, we all have our human moments. But and when you begin to accept those things about yourself, when it when it comes to socially interacting, especially in a very, very divided world right now, it can become a little bit easier. It takes the edge off with realizing, you know what, I can accept that I am human and that I don't like certain parts of myself. That also means that when I meet people, there are some people that I just won't like mm. that doesn't mean that they aren't that that they are bad people, though, because just like me. There are certain things I don't like about myself. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Mm. So you're able to reflect that onto the world and you're able to be a little bit more accepting of people, even of those people that you may disagree with or that you don't really like. Like, it's okay. That is fine that you don't like that person. That doesn't mean that you should treat them unjustly, though. Just as though you shouldn't treat yourself unjustly. And that Amen. Yeah, it's so that that's the, the 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 whole stoic thing about being um, a little more sociable. I mean, so n n now I want to ask you a question: What are some practices for for helping people become the best version of themselves that you do amongst your coaching? I think that whatever they are, they're all centered around taking oneself. A little more seriously not in the way of like a furrowed brow like oh i gotta get more serious and i gotta be harder on myself but i mean even my coaching itself is just like an opportunity to reflect on your life and your what's going on in your head and what's going on in your heart and your relationships your wants your needs your desires just giving more attention to not only yourself, but like the happenings of your life. And this kind of includes uh, so many things like fitness, paying more attention to your body, diet, uh, journaling, paying more attention to your mind, dream journaling, paying more attention to your dreams, uh, self-reflection, doing things that you like because you're paying attention to yourself and you recognize what you like. Uh, so the whole basis is just um, like giving more attention to the life you're already living, right? You're, you're already a person. There's already like fertile ground for attention. And so one thing I encounter with clients sometimes is they might like bring up a conflict that they're having and take this like very frustrated attitude, something like it's so stupid that I have to deal with this. Or if it keeps coming up, they'll say something like, I hate how this keeps coming up. And it's like, not really, though, because like the things that bother you are worthy of your attention so that you can figure them out or so you can work through them or so you can put them to rest. So it's all just like 
And this is kind of what meditation is about, right? Like clearing your attention and whatever is coming up internally or externally, like you're there for it. Again, it's not about suppression and it's not about like, uh, it's not an effort to control. There is an element of self-control, but that's, that's misappropriated easily as well. I'm young, you know, I'm 29. I still misappropriate things and, and get it wrong. I'm still growing, but, uh, it's all centered around. So, so the way I approach kind of the practices is like the person I'm speaking with already has ideas about like practices that they know they should do, or they actually want to do, but for some reason, those parts of themselves or those relationships or those activities aren't getting enough attention. And so like all of this, even this conversation, like the point is kind of like to sober up to the reality that you already live and like it's worthy of your attention. You're worthy of your attention at, at least in the, not in some like positive woo woo way, like it's all worthy of your attention, but at least it's worthy of your attention so you can see it more clearly and understand it. And if it's not good, you can do something about it, which comes back to the kind of stoic in the face of emotional reactions thing. Like maybe if you're emotional reacting a lot to something, it means you need to put more attention in that direction. Like, why are you feeling this way? What is it associated with? You know, this is more psychological territory. Like, where is this coming from? But, but that's it. Like, the, the person that I'm speaking with is going to have like, well, I want to journal or I want to exercise or eat better or, and it's, it's all just a matter of attention. So we have to get a little bit more serious, but also work in the other direction, clear up the things that are like consuming your attention for you, not only in terms of habits, like scrolling or something, but like what in your mind is actually like taking your ability to have clear attention and, and what in your mind is taking your ability to consciously decide things. And I think that if we clear these things up, the person I'm speaking with is going to be able to like act on the, the practices that they wish. I do help hold people accountable for, for the practices that they wish, but it's more like a, you will tell your, you will be able to tell yourself, like you will hear your needs and you will hear your wishes and you will hear your emotions and you will hear the conflicts in your relationship. If you get more attentive, which is a matter of healing and also like conscious direction, trying to move in this direction, like you'll figure it out if we can clear up the things that are preventing you from being able to figure it out, because the, the theory is that you are able to figure it out. You mm. weren't born lost. You weren't born without a soul or something like you'll, you have the, the equipment, you know, there's growing pains and there's learning to do, and you will make mistakes, but you have, you have the basic equipment. And if you can get more aligned with the basic equipment you have, then kind of, the, the questions and the answers will follow suit. Not that it won't be a, a murky territory. We're not looking for the easy way out or we won't find an easy way out. This is what I really should say. But uh, that's kind of how I approach the, the practices thing. I love the accountability part of it too. I think that's a, an important aspect of, of personal improvement and development. You know, becoming the best version of yourself involves being critical with oneself mm. and not you know that that could be you know like 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 you had mentioned 
misappropriation, like you can misappropriate that, um, the, the idea of being critical with oneself, you know, some people take it to the extremes or it's possible to take it to the extremes where then you start striving for perfectionism or, or yeah. something, you know, but yeah. it's also realizing that, you know, it, it's with, within the bounds of my own life, what are the things that I can tackle so I can become the best version of myself, you know, and, and in some ways you could see that as me tackling it is me getting uh, more used to the trials and tribulations of everyday life. Mm. So I continue being the best version of myself, but I first have to have to train. I have to practice and, and practicing involves dealing with them, dealing with those things in the best possible way, calling forth yes. version of myself. You and know, the practice is never ending. Oh yes, it is. It is never ending until, until our final friend greets us. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> until you meet your maker. Exactly. Exactly. So there's there's definitely an element of pacing yourself, like finding the pace. How much discomfort can you take? How much growth can you expect? Working with where you are, and and w that would be like the uh, the basic assumption behind all attempts at healing or self-improvement or any any of this stuff is like you have to work with where you are it, it, it wouldn't that be the most just and wise thing you could uh you could do if you yeah. could do it i, I believe we, we could all do we, we just got to find that inner inner purpose the inner reason for us to do that and mm. really the 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 simplest way that you could find your purpose is in my opinion is just the purpose of being the best version of yourself mm. start there and then branch off from there you know focus on, on on becoming that person yeah it's a beautiful thing like maybe if you focus on that something will emerge that will uh encourage you to to continue exactly yeah until the bitter end you know <laughs> yeah hey david well thank you so much it's, it's been a great conversation with you i mean is there anything that you're working on right now uh or tell us a little bit about uh about your life coaching experience and uh for for the listeners here if you don't mind yeah sure uh well i i market myself as the affordable life coach so right now my sessions are 44 dollars for an hour of coaching and it's working right now, so I'm not going to change it in the near future. Um, I have an Instagram page, at Coach David Ades, A-D-E-S. Um, feel free to get in touch with me. And uh, besides that, I'm kind of just like moving the train along, working on my social media presence, um, working on my own studies, working on myself. Uh, the, most, the most useful practice in my life, I, I think I'd like to mention, is uh, my own therapy. I attend a therapy, and it's... Uh, just so great to be in touch with someone who's a little bit wiser than I am. And um, so like, we're all growing here. There's no, there's no end of the conversation. Uh, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent going back no. into what we're... No worries at all. I, we, mean, I could talk about this stuff forever, man. Yeah. And, and I completely agree. Like even mentors have mentors. Yes. And, and we should, we, like, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we have, everybody should have at least one person in their life that they can go to 
And I think it is only like a symptom of modern life that like one doesn't. We became isolated in the nuclear family. And then if our parents aren't there for us or we don't have good brothers and sisters, like who do we go to? Then we have teachers or whatever. It's it's uh, it, we don't live in like a communally structured uh, society in it. And it's very dangerous. Uh, it's very dangerous. And it's also like just very unhelpful for anybody who's trying to do anything, make something of themselves or make something out of this life. They have this phrase, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. And mm -hmm. nowadays the question is like, well, where's the village? I'm yeah. the child. Where's the village? <laughs> I, I completely agree with that. You know, and, and science also is, is collecting enough information to kind of prove that to be correct as well. I, I, I think we all need a mentor. We all need family. We all need social connection. <sighs> Preach, brother. <laughs> all it's right. great to be here with you too, Daniel. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. Thank I love you. what you do. Thank you. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. So uh, I'll definitely have some links on, on the bottom of the episode so people can know where to find you. And, you know, I look forward to seeing what other great things you accomplish. Thank you so much. Same to you. And, and I'll keep in touch with you. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps out the show. If you would like to check out Stoic Sage merch or read the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook. And I wish you well, my fellow Stoics, on your path to sagehood.